Good morning. This is Catherine Elizabeth with Trained by Grace 2. And this is a reflection on 1 Samuel 15, which was um, the topic for a Wednesday night here at Edgewater Fellowship on... 126 2022 if you ever want to look up that YouTube um, at the end is a video of Keith Green if, if you've never seen Keith Green sing it's, he's worth looking up he, he's got on to be with the Lord many years ago but what a faithful servant of the Lord and um this chapter talks about a king who was anointed over the people of Israel who just does not listen to what God has to say. And so... He is tasked with taking care of the Amalekites or Malachites. And it's interesting that it was mentioned during that um, the result of his lack of full obedience because he. He defeated them as far as Shur, which is east of Egypt, but he didn't defeat them entirely. And that comes back to haunt him, because um, Saul actually, at the very end, was killed by an Amalekite. So he doesn't, he doesn't uh, complete the devastation of these of these folks um, and Haman who is later mentioned in the book of Esther also according to um, the presenter um, was an Amalekite who tried to kill all of the Israelites in Persia and so there's a bit of a debate. There's there's this picture of a God who wipes out an entire people. Um, that is a little hard to reconcile with our God of love and redemption. Um, but the other thing is is that Amalek has done a couple of things. Number one, they harassed Israel killed the weak and those who were lagging behind on their way from Egypt. Um, they harassed Israel pretty mercilessly on the way. And the first battle against a force that Joshua does is against the 
Amalekites. The other thing is that in the ancient language, Amalek means without a king. These people were, um, they had a king, but they were specifically not specifically against Israel and against her God. And so it remained that way throughout the history. And so, you know, we are asked to completely get rid of some things in our lives that God says this, this doesn't belong. And we, we may get some pleasure out of it for a season, but he's, when God tells us to get rid of something, and this is something that, you know, made me pray um, after listening to this. Cleanse my heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me, which is written in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Um, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in your way everlasting. So, this is a physical picture of what do I do with those things in my life that aren't saying God is king? What do I do with those things in my life that harass the rest of me that wants to follow God? What do I do with those things? God says get rid of them. Give them no quarter. Because they'll come up again and again and harass you again. So, Saul half obeys. Well, maybe even more than half obeys, but he does some interesting things along the way. He saves the king, he saves the best of the animals, he gets rid of everything else. He goes up to Mount Carmel and builds himself a monument. He doesn't realize that his battles were fought and won because God went before him. He thinks he did it. I did it. I did it. He didn't do it. God went before him. There's so many times in my life I've tried to accomplish something and I'm like, I did it. I did it. And then I come to the very humble, humbling conclusion when I totally messed it up later that it wasn't me who did it to begin with. It was God who did what he intended to do in my life. And because I took credit for it, I missed out on what it really was and how good it could be and how much it should bless other people. And I make it all about me instead of all about God. And that humbles me because I can be just as guilty of this as King Saul. And in the presentation, um, it was mentioned that those Psalms that talk about cleansing our hearts and making us new and rejoicing in the Lord were all written by a, by a king better than Saul, by King David, and the forerunner of our Lord Jesus. 
who gave God the glory and rejoiced in the Lord and realized he never forgot where he came from. He never forgot that he was the humble shepherd boy. And if he was lifted up beyond that, God, God had lifted him up. Let us never forget that God lifts us up. God lifts us up. We can't use God as a token. Or later Saul tries to get Samuel to, you know, come with me to the people to rejoice and celebrate over this. And Samuel comes and then he, he takes care of King Agag, the, the king of the Amalekites. Samuel finishes the job. God will finish the job. He may give us a job to do, and if we don't do it, God's going to finish it. Because He wants the job finished. And we have to understand that. Saul here has twice denies that he didn't follow the Lord completely. So many times I'm blind to when I don't follow the Lord completely. When I follow him part of the way and then don't follow him the rest of the way. And it's like, God, I, I should have followed you all the way. Verse 22 is probably one of the more famous verses in 1 Samuel 15. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion, which is what he calls disobedience here, for rebellion is as the sin of divination. It is as bad as as asking for the advice of other principalities and powers, which it essentially is. If we're not listening to God, we're listening to somebody. We think it's ourselves sometimes, and it it really isn't. It's really the enemy of our souls. But we choose our choices to make me first open the door for that. And presumption... is as iniquity and idolatry. We make ourselves idols, or we make whatever the world thinks, or whatever the people that we're looking for think, more important than what God thinks. Lord, you give us the gift of holiness. You wholly devote yourselves to us. And so many times we need our ears fitted again and our hearts fitted again to listen to you. So Father God, forgive us our trespasses. But to do that first, we must hallow your name. We must, we must realize that your name is above every name, above my name, above anybody else that would clap and applause for me above 
or for what I'm doing above all of the other clamor of this world, Lord. You reign supreme, and you reign as only God. Help me to act like that in my life. Help me to help us to live out a life that is fully devoted and fully cleansed and wholly yours. Thank you for forgiving our trespasses and sins. Help us as we forgive those who trespass and sin against us. We've all wandered. Forgive us, Lord. Thank you for giving us our daily bread. Thank you for giving us whatever victory you decide to give us. And Lord, if you want all of whatever that victory is devoted to you, then Lord, thank you. We thank you just up front. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. For yours is the victory. And yours alone. Thank you for letting us walk in your victory. Thank you for cleansing us. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for purifying us. Thank you for lifting us up. When we are ready. When we are humble. When we have repented, when we have turned, thank you for giving us a life that's more abundant than we could ever provide by ourselves. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen.